Welcome to another amazing episode of the Path to Podcast Success with your host, audience building and fear crushing podcast expert, Evan Bradley Johnson. Every single week, Evan has powerful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, revealing the podcast strategies they use to grow their subscribers and sales, and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success. Okay, welcome everyone to another very exciting episode of Path to Podcast Success. I have a guest here with me today that I am very excited to welcome to the podcast. I have a feeling this is going to be pretty fun. I think it's going to be a pretty fun interview. I think that we're in for a pretty good conversation. Michelle Wong, welcome to the podcast. What's up? How's it going? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I'm really yeah, excited. <laughs> yeah, me too. So I like to start off in the same place with all my guests, and that is by making sure that everyone listening is on the same page and they have the context that they need to get the most they can out of this conversation. So for those people, go ahead and tell us, what is it that you do? Yeah, so I've been a SEAL entrepreneur for, oh God, um, I think last 18 years now. And... In the last five-ish years, I've been a coach. Uh, I've been a business coach, and I kind of transitioned into a sales coach and sales consultant in the last two. So what I specifically help with now, um, if you have a business, then it's really coming in and acting as your fractional CSO, which is basically overseeing all of your sales and really helping you build out your sales SOPs and processes so that you can really easily scale that. And I also find, train, and manage your own in-house perfect closer Um, because for so many years that I've been doing this, like the most expensive hire is going to be your sales team. And it's usually your closer. Um, As if you're hiring the wrong people, your leads can go to, you know, shit and um, you're just wasting money basically. So that's kind of what I do for people who already have businesses. For anyone who is just wanting a different change or just more time and financial freedom as kind of, I guess, COVID has kind of shown us that we can all just build an income on ourselves is teaching you how to be a high ticket closer. And that is one of the things that even if I had a business, um, I've always just gone back to that. I've closed for other people. Um, it's just because... It's something that I love doing, which is helping people in sales. Really, I think it has a bad rap the last couple of decades, but I think recently it's kind of changing and people are understanding that it's really just having a conversation with another person and finding a solution for their problem. And that's kind of what I love doing. You know, being an entrepreneur for so many years, I just love finding solutions for people. So that's kind of, I guess, the gist of it. Okay. And so... You've been doing, you know, you've done a lot of different things. You've been in business for quite a long time, mm-hmm. coached for five years, and now your specialty is the sales side of things, which I think is amazing. And it's cool that it kind of keeps coming back around to that. Um, what was there a catalyst that made you decide to focus on this? Or like, I know it's kind of always in the background, but what made you decide like, yeah, yeah no, sales question. is going to be what I'm going to stick to? 
funny enough, um, I used to hate sales. Like <laughs> even in all my other businesses, I I always tried to outsource it. Um, and those were the ones that failed. Uh, those were the businesses that failed. The ones that succeeded for me was when I actually managed and did the sales and learned all the skills that I have now to do it myself. But I guess the real catalyst was when I started business coaching. It was an uphill battle and I wasn't making any income when I was just doing that. Um, here and there, it was, it was, I got clients, but it wasn't consistent. So the only thing that I could find that I enjoyed doing, as well as trying to figure out my business coaching, um, was to sell for other people. And through that process, I guess it was just like, okay, I could see more and more especially during COVID, see more and more people like starting their own business or wanting to be their own entrepreneur. And, but they didn't have that skill set to sell and they're kind of just stuck. And I think a lot of people online love selling marketing that you need to learn marketing and all that kind of stuff, which is important hundred percent. But I think it doesn't mean anything if you don't know how to close those sales. So uh, I just figured out of everything that I did with also in business coaching, because it was such a general coaching for my clients, the feedback that I got from them was the sales piece and how I just kind of simplified that for them and got them to enjoy that process and not hate sales. Because I, I know what it's like when you hate sales and when you try to outsource something that you're not really good at in the beginning, it's never going to turn out well. You can definitely outsource and I 100% agree with delegating, but you need to understand that role first. Exactly. It's not about whether or not you should outsource. It's about when you do, you have to be smart about it and you have to know at least a little bit about what it is that you're actually outsourcing so you can kind of still yeah. be a leader in that. Exactly. Because then you won't know if they're yeah. Are they failing or are they succeeding? Like you would have no benchmark. Exactly. Even if they're technically better than you, even if you understand mm -hmm. the principles, you can still like, you know, occupy that leadership role, which is the most important, you know, part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I think, and it's so funny too, they all work together, right? Marketing is important. Sales is important. Branding is important. It's all important. But I agree with you. I see a lot now, like I feel like the kind of trendy, maybe it's just the circles I run in, I don't know, but mm. a lot of the what I see marketed online is marketing, right? Marketing agencies, marketing this, marketing that. It's all about doing that. And yeah, that's important because the leads need to come in from somewhere, but then, okay, great. So you figure that <laughs> out. Well, then what, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I think and that's, that's, that's a good coming. point because- I guess that's why they're marketing marketing because they're also good marketers. Like yeah, someone right. pointed that out to me like a long time ago and they're like, well, there's a reason you're seeing all of these marketing offers is because that's what they're good at, marketing. Yeah. <laughs> so it it makes sense. But at, yeah, like at the end of the day, if you can't close your leads, it, it really means nothing. And you're just wasting money or time, which is something that's more important than money, in my opinion, because you you can't recreate time. It's It's gone forever. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter how many leads come in if you can't actually sell at all. Then yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You know. Yeah, you can have a million leads, but it, it, you know, and that's the thing about social media too. Some people think, oh, that person has a million followers; they must be making a lot of money. But a lot of these people are just great at content creation. They don't know how to sell their offer. So even though it seems like you know, they should be doing really well uh, with their income. It's 
if they can't close that sale, it also means nothing. Exactly. So I'm a big fan of the podcast of actionable advice. All right, mm-hmm. I like people to take something from this and really use it. So we're talking all about how important sales is and how the business can't succeed without it. What would be one piece of actionable advice you could give that a listener could take and implement in order to kind of increase that that skill and, and begin to actually close those leads so that they that they bring in so that it can actually be be worthwhile? Yeah, um, I think the one that comes on the top of my head might not be the one that people expect, mm. but it's working on your confidence. Mm. And it is sometimes really looking at your strengths and strengthening that instead of your weaknesses. Um, but confidence is going to take you so far in any facet, whether you want to learn how to sell for your business or even maybe get a higher pay raise or negotiating something or even negotiating your kids to go to sleep uh, at a certain time. Like it, it takes a piece of confidence in you to knowing how to navigate those conversations. So I think the action step that I like to always tell my clients, the first thing someone works with me is I tell them to write a letter to themselves. Uh, a love letter to yourself. I know it sounds weird and sounds cheesy, but absolutely works. And it's highlighting a few things. You want to write down and you can look back at how long you want to do it, whether it's like the last year, the last decade, the last five, choose whatever you want. But you want to answer a few specific questions, which is what are three to five things that you need to forgive yourself for? What are three to five things that you love about yourself? And this can be anything, whether it's a trait, skill set, um, your appearance, anything you like, uh, just getting into that mode of the confidence of yourself and as well as five or th- three or five things that you are excited for. Because I think we tend to forget as older we get, we t- tend to forget these things. We overlook our strengths. We overlook what has gotten us to where we are. And we just focus on the things that we're lacking. And so writing that letter to yourself is almost like a confirmation of, oh my God, there's actually a lot of things that I can offer that I just forgot or that I didn't realize. And just reminding yourself that I would think is the absolutely first step. I take it the next step further is I tell my clients to write a hype list is what I call it. And that's really just listing out anything and everything that you are good at or that you have accomplished in your life. Because again, we forget these things. Even you won this, I don't know, award when you were in high school or university. Those things matter when you add it up and when you need to see something concrete proof of, oh, who am I? Like, what have I accomplished? These are all things that have added to who you are today. So those are just some things that I would say start off with to start building that confidence. And then as, gradually as you go along, you will start building that inner confidence and self-talk and self-worth to yourself so that you can strengthen that further. At the end of the day, sales is just being confident in yourself and then taking that to learn sales strategies or tactics, but tactics and strategies don't mean anything 
if you're not confident in yourself to showing up to on a call to speak to another person. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I'm really happy that that is the tip that you gave because it's really true. I mean, it doesn't matter if you know all the fancy tricks and the, the things to say, if you don't have a confident like presence about you, people can tell people can see mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And that that's what makes the biggest difference. Absolutely. And so I think that's, they can sniff I, it out from so far away. Yeah, right. And that's the thing about sale, like with sales, like people don't want to buy something from someone who isn't confident because then they're like, well, is this actually good then? Like, yeah, they're going to be questioning the purchase, which if anyone's questioning the purchase, you're never going to get a sale. Yes, exactly. And that is, you don't want, any doubt to be present like that and especially i mean you know people people sometimes reflect what they see in others if they're having a conversation like that if you yourself are guarded or nervous or not feeling confident in that way then neither will the person you're talking to Mm -hmm. and if you're not in a confident space like that are you really like inclined to be spending money on something probably not so they're probably not so you just made your job all but impossible Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um you know as coaches and leaders oftentimes we teach what we most need to learn so my question for you is have you yourself struggled with this in the past yeah, like I said, I, I used to hate sales. Um, wasn't confident in myself just because I have been an entrepreneur for so long. It doesn't mean I was successful all those years. There was a lot of failures. Uh, one major one was I even had to file for bankruptcy. And that was really difficult. And so when you have that in your history, it really makes you second guess everything you're trying to do, especially selling another thing. So it it took a while for me to gain the confidence that I do have now. And it was just a lot of, I don't want to sound like too woo-woo, but at the same time, maybe I do. <laughs> but it takes a lot of self-healing for you to get to that next level of life. And I think it is coming around where people are understanding a lot more of personal development and really working on your self-worth and value. Because out of that, you'll really be able to create any success that you desire. But um, yeah, in my past, was not good at sales. And I think it came from not being confident in myself, not even am I confident in my business or my offer, but just confidence in myself. Like, am I making the right decisions? Because, you know, because of my past failure, that's something I always questioned of, oh, crap. Am I also making the same mistakes or can I just not see it yet? So you're second guessing everything, which just, it's really difficult to move forward in any capacity. Um, So until I finally took the reins and realized, hey, I I need to really get good in this area. It's also because sales is the bloodline of any business. So if... I don't get good at this. I can't expect me to take my income or my revenue to the next level. And they just take those tiny steps. It's not going to come overnight, um, but you can definitely take little tiny steps forward to get you to where you want to go. 
Right. Because it all really stems from confidence in yourself. Like, yeah, there's the confidence in like whatever you're selling and the business, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's the second guessing part is hard, like imposter syndrome, right? Like we already have that very easily. And then to have this on top, it's just, you know, that, and that's where I really compared of when I had successes versus when I had failures, like what was a big difference? And it was just, I was just more confident in myself during that period of time. It were, I would say that was the core thing. There wasn't really sure my like skill set did improve later on, but my only skill set improved because I was more confident in doing that thing. So it all like comes back down to just how you feel and think and what, do you say to yourself um and a good thumb or like good rule i always say is don't say things to yourself that you wouldn't say to your partner or like to your best friend or anyone who's close to you because we tend to say the most nastiest things to ourselves oh, yeah you're, you're you're your own worst critic right yeah 100%. yeah i think that's a cool rule like don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to a friend or, you know, someone you're in a relationship with, that makes a lot of sense because it is true. I mean, we are the harshest towards ourselves and that's not something that, that serves you in that way because mm -hmm. those things that you say to yourself and your thoughts is pretty much what creates the reality that you live in because it's how you're yeah. going to act. And yeah. if you're going into a sales call thinking, I'm so bad at sales, uh, this probably isn't going to work, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that really sets you up for success. No. Or even thinking you're just bad in general. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I, I'm just a terrible person. <laughs> like, If you think that, it's it's really hard for other people to believe, okay, I should buy from this person. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it it's all goes hand in hand, for sure. Exactly. So when you when you first decided to make this your specialty right when you decided that you were gonna instead of doing like the kind of business coaching you mentioned that you were doing before when you decided to make the transition into what you're doing now what was your biggest fear and uh did that fear end up coming true that's a good question i mean with sales coaching i think there was less fear just because that's when i really felt confident in my skill set and mm -hmm. just confidence in myself and because I worked on that so much, I have this almost backup plan that now I carry with me no matter what venture I go into or business is, if this doesn't work out, I always can still make income and put food and revenue in my bank because I can just go sell for somebody else. It's a skill set that's so transferable that I can go into any industry, any business, and I can still have a very great living. Um, it's just has given me almost a, a relief for taking a, the heavy lifting off of my shoulders of just giving me the freedom to go and try something out. Because even if it doesn't work out, I'm not like, I guess a better way to put it is I'm not relying solely on this to work out so that I can feed myself or to feed my family. 
Because right. then I know I still have the skill set to, if for some reason it really didn't work out, I can then go off and still make you know a great income and still have the time and financial freedom I want. So I think that's what really gave me the confidence to just shift. And also it was just feedback from you know my past clients. And I think that's really important too is not being worried about shifting and changing your business or your offer. Because we all change as human beings, but we, for some reason, like think we can't do that with our business. Like it's completely like just not allowed or else, you know, you failed. Like we love putting that kind of connotation or that label on it. Whereas you're evolving as a person, you can't expect yourself to not also want to maybe try something else or do something else completely. So just giving yourself that freedom will then allow you to not fear going into something else um, that could be completely different or still a little bit aligned, but it takes off the pressure a little bit. Right, exactly. I think that's that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. It really is because that's the thing. It's if you're approaching it from a place of like neediness, right? Mm-hmm. If you need, 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 need to, to make a sale or, or whatever in your business to make ends meet like that, like neediness is creepy, right? Yeah. People can see that, people can tell. And so the fact that you have that kind of backup plan so that the stress is off the business that's that's good and it's good to have it's less a backup plan and more like just a skill mm-hmm. that people will pay money for no matter what the industry and i think that is that is incredibly powerful yeah because then you can always bank on that right like you don't have to exactly. be so worried all the time and stress out about this one sale that you need to make in your own business to you know make it to the next step or whatnot you can and sometimes like people jump too quickly and I think I did this myself, in my own experience of like not having a steady income and was like, okay, I'm going to run my own business. And you find out really quickly that you need some sort of sustainable income to grow your business. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're stuck at the same level. And then there's not very much difference of being stuck in this position where you're almost stuck in your business and you're stuck doing every little thing that you need to. It's almost sometimes like uh, I should have just stayed in a job. Like that was <laughs> I can I can leave that stress when that clock strikes. But when you are stuck in your business as an entrepreneur, it, you take it home with you. It starts affecting your relationships and your mindset, like all in all. So it's you need a sustainable income to in order to kind of build a business and. That's why I think a lot of people suggest like do it as a side hustle, see how it goes, see if you like it, and then take it from there piece by piece. I think that's the biggest lesson that I've learned is I, I just went from zero to a hundred and you burn out so fast. That's the problem, burnout. I mean, that's that that's kind of the two schools of thought about starting a business, right? There's the the lot safer approach, which is what you're talking about, where you started yeah. out as a side hustle, keep the keep the day job until it you know meets and surpasses that and then there you go or of course there's also the kind of burn the boat strategy 
right? Where you dive in yep. 100% out of the gate and just do it. And it can work. I mean, but the problem is the people who talk a lot about that, they usually forget to mention the amount of work and stress involved. Yeah. Okay? Like I had another guest on the podcast who was talking about that and he was very straightforward. Like, yeah, my kind of claim to fame is I went from zero to a million dollars in one year on this business. But the thing is, I worked like 12 hours a day, seven days a week for mm-hmm. a full year without taking a single day off because, you know, he had the classic, like, you know, lost his job, had a family to support. And he kind of didn't have too much of a choice. Right. He was really open about that. So I respected that. But like, that's the thing. A lot of other people talking about that burn the boats way of doing it. It's just, they neglect to mention exactly yeah. like what the cost is there, you know? Totally. And that's the, uh, the whole thing about opportunity costs. Like what is, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's lifestyle is different. Like what is most important to you? And for me, time is most important to me. I've been privileged yeah. enough where I didn't have to really worry about the, the money side of things. Um, but time, you cannot recreate time as much as you want it with as much money you have in the world. It is just not possible. So that is sure you can totally burn the boat and i know some people who who's done that as well but it's it just seems and i've done it too like in my experience and it was not enjoyable at all it, it felt like you were so to speak a slave to your own business and you couldn't do anything you couldn't come up for air um and you become a different person internally because of that and that's where it bleeds into your relationships and how you live your life and maybe unhealthy ways and so some people i think it also depends on your personality some people need the burn about analogy for them mm-hmm. to really just be motivated and get it done um i would lean towards you know find what's best for you but try to be safe as you can so that you're not stressing yourself out on this dream that you have of succeeding. Exactly. And I think there's also something to be said there about a lot of those people kind of that you're talking about where they really get just so absorbed and sucked into the business where they almost become a slave to it. And then that bleeds over in the rest of their life. A lot of people, a lot of, I see this a lot in entrepreneurship, like you are not your business. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there should, if you're being healthy about it, you should have a whole life outside of it. I mean, the business should be something you care about. I'm passionate about what I do. You're passionate about what you do. I don't wake up in the morning dreading doing what I'm doing and I enjoy doing it and I believe in it. But at the same time, I also can put it down and go live my life. Like I'm going in about a week and a half. I'm taking a trip down to Mexico with a friend. I'm bringing my laptop with me. I'm not doing any work. I'm going to have everything taken care of beforehand. So I don't have to worry about it. Like, that's not like, you know what I mean? Like, if there's a lot of people, and there's nothing wrong with if someone to take a trip and brought the work with them and brought their laptop and did some work. But a lot of people, like, they never don't do that. Totally. Again, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's just that it's hard for me to believe that that would be healthy in the long run. Yeah. Like, like when they wrap their identity, like, as part of, oh, this is me. I am my business and the business is me. And I and I totally get it. I was there too myself. And I just know the contrast of it of it like fucks you up mentally for so long that you have to spend so much more money and time on therapy just to get back to neutral. <laughs> like, yeah. You might as well just go the little bit slower route 
to get there in a more healthy, sustainable way and where it's more enjoyable for you. Um, Because I think, yeah, like going back to burnout, like that's why I know or the statistic of businesses failing is because of these business owners try to go so hard so fast, they burn out and they just hate life and they go back to their job that they hated even more and then that cycle continues. So you got to find that balance, um, which is not easy when you're trying to build something. But I think that's why you got to figure out what that purpose of your building is. Like, what are you really trying to do it for? What are you trying to really get out of it? Of course, a lot of us in the beginning are like, I just want more income. I want to own my own schedule and I want these things. But what I always say is, what do you want to do with those things that you get? What do you want to do with more money? What do you want to do with more time? Because if you haven't figured that out, you're never going to think you've made enough money or made enough or gone enough time back. And so you're kind of just stuck in this like loop. Exactly. Because that's the thing. Everybody wants more money. Everyone wants more time. But it's always interesting to ask the follow-up like, okay, great. What are you going to spend that money on? Yeah. What are you going to do during that extra free time? You know what yeah. I mean? And I see that a lot. I'll see that a lot in uh, – I think one of my other podcast guests coined this, and I, I really resonated with it. Uh, you see a lot of bro marketing online. Yeah. And then you know, I, I remember there was one time I saw one of those like like Facebook posts that was kind of like bro marketing, and they had posted their Were they like, in, that, like in front of a jet or like their Ferrari <laughs> or something well, like they, that? Yes, also yeah. that. But yeah. this one was they posted like their uh, schedule for the day or something like that. Like this oh, is like God. this is what I do in a day. It was like they wake up super early and they like work out and then they like work or meditate or something and then they work all day and then they maybe work out again and meditate some more and maybe sprinkle in some time with kids if they have kids in there and that's it and that's like every day and they're like yeah I'm making so much money and how much more so much more time and I'm like well it looks to here it, lo- it looks to me like all that time is you're just literally working. Yeah, like, we're not doing anything else. And then like those same people I'd see like, yeah, you know, laptop lifestyle, I'm on vacation. It was them on like this in like a resort or something on one of those like poolside lounge chairs and they had their laptop open, you know, on their lap, which again, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it, it, they very much insinuated that that was like there was no they would never go on a vacation and not do some work while they were on the yeah, vacation. Like there's no end. Yeah, Exactly. And then I think that comes a lot from. If you have the business tied up into you and your self worth, and if you right. are if you're if you are your business like that, then it's going to cause you to make some non not very beneficial choices for it. It's going to be a little bit harder to outsource stuff because it feels like you're giving away a piece of yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't be objective about it. You can't be a leader because you're always going to be dragging yourself into like the day to day of it. You're always going to be working in the business instead of on the business if you are your business. And I just, I feel like, well, it's just a difficult situation that I see a lot of entrepreneurs end up in because it all comes down to like, there's no such thing as an overnight success. No. And when that doesn't happen, when an overnight success doesn't happen, then they start getting second thoughts. They start having doubts. Things start going downhill and, and with their business tied up into their personality like that, it makes everything so much worse when the business doesn't do well. Cause like if for me, I believe in my business, I don't think it's going to fail. Like that's not like it's, it's doing pretty well. It doesn't look like it would fail, but somehow it did. Yeah, that sucks. But like I just start another business. Like who cares? It doesn't really matter that much. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be difficult. Yeah, that's at the timeline back. So I'm not saying I want that to happen. But if it did, I wouldn't think any less about like m- myself. Yeah. No, I don't just, just like, resonate you can start with that. a million businesses. Yeah. And that, that was when it's something that I didn't have the knowledge of when, you know, in that first couple of years or even the, the tough businesses that I took upon, um, it, it, it failed and I had a team and I had investors and I wrapped my identity in it so much that it was really depressing. Like couldn't get out of bed, like didn't want to get out of bed. It's like, oh, well, what's the, what's the point? Like I failed. I'm a failure. Like we attach just because something didn't work out to ourselves. And then in every part of my life, I'm like, no, I'm a failure. I can't be a good partner. I am a failure. Like I can't be a good daughter or sister or whatever it is because I'm just a crappy failure. And it's just like you suck out the joy out of your own life when you're trying to seek out more joy. It just doesn't make sense. So I completely with you on that of separating that identity and always remember that you can start again. Like you started from nowhere to get to where you are, even if it goes back to zero. What I've learned now is every quote unquote failure is just a lesson for you. It's hard. It's not easy to suss out what that lesson was sometimes uh, until time passes. But I promise you, everything that didn't work out in your favor was a lesson that you needed to learn to get you to the next level in your life. And it just needs you to recognize that and accept that instead of repelling it. Of like, oh, I, there's no way I can fail. I, you know, because whatever that reason is. But once you start seeing it, you'll start realizing that everything in life is a polarity. There's every negative, there's going to be a positive, every positive, there's going to be a negative. And that's why I also like to stay like living in the middle, so to speak, not to get too highs on the highs and not to get too lows on the lows. Um, That comes from experience too, because I think when you get wrapped up into, oh, I just made my big sale or my first big sale, all right? Oh, I just made my first million or whatever that number is, you kind of get wrapped up into it and once you do, it's it's really hard to rebound when you do get too low or when you get too high. It's that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just yeah. I mean, I think there's there's also you said earlier you were like when you fail or to know if you're a failure. And it's interesting, it made me think like there really is a huge difference between failing and being a failure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Being a failure is an identity piece, right? Like that is your identity that you have for yourself. Mm-hmm. Failing is something people do every single day and will mm-hmm. do every single day for the rest of their lives. And yep. there's no way to possibly avoid a failure. It is impossible to avoid that. In fact, yeah. if you want to succeed, you're going to have to fail more than anyone else. Absolutely. And I, but that doesn't that's... make you a failure. Yeah. I exactly. Mean, you know, think of the first you know, rich business person you know you can think of. That person, I'm sure, has failed more than you ever have, oh. or ever will. Depending, unless you create a business that's on the, you know, at that at that level. But are you like, in a good analogy? If you actually think that every time you failed makes you a failure, then literally everyone on this planet Earth would be coined a failure because yeah. when you're a baby trying to take your first steps, you fall 
a lot of times. Yeah. And so that is absolutely failing to walk. And so if you put that identity on you, then we're actually technically all failures and never successful. So it's really, yeah, no, you, you touched on a good point where it's like, you have to separate that or else it's, it's so hard on your mental health. Exactly. Well, I think Michelle, we could probably talk about all of this for hours, but I want to make sure I'm respecting (laughs) your time and the time of our listeners. So I want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast today, having this conversation with me. I didn't expect to, I didn't expect it to go in that direction, but I'm really happy that it did because I think there's some really valuable stuff in there. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed our chat and hopefully some people got some value out of it. I have a feeling some people did. (laughs) And hey, for people who are interested in you and in the work that you're doing, where can they find out more about you? Yeah, you can check out my Instagram, uh, TikTok, or Facebook. It's all just Michelle L.Y. Wong. Or you can go to my website, The Busy Coach. Um, That's B-I-Z-Z-Y Coach. And um, you can find me there. I'm trying to start a YouTube channel. So... Uh, giving you a little bit more actionable steps advice that you were mentioning that your listeners like. So that's something up your alley. Uh, and then go to there. I kind of talk about everything between sales mindset and just everything in between. Um, spirituality. I'm very into that as well. So yeah, all of the above. You can reach me. All right. Well, there we go. That makes it easy. I'm going to have all that linked up in the show notes. And I encourage everyone listening to check that out in more detail. But for now, Michelle, thank you very, very much again for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much, Evan. I really, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review, letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.